This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey guys, this is Bill Landis from Cleveland.com. Thanks for listening to another edition of Buckeye Talk, our new Ohio State podcast that is available on iTunes. We have our own iTunes channel. And we need you guys to subscribe and rate it and comment on it and tell us how we can make it better for you. We want this to be a place where Ohio State fans come for, for analysis and we want to tell stories on here. Uh, we want to have some break-off shows on recruiting and basketball and we can't do any of that without your help uh, in helping us make this uh, a better podcast channel for you. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe and, and rate us on iTunes and we can do that. Uh, you might also notice that we have a new intro track. That is by an artist known as The U, The, and then the letter U. Search him out on iTunes. He was kind enough to give us a track for this song. Uh, So check him out. And with that, here is the next edition of Buckeye Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to the latest edition of Buckeye Talk. We have a new home. It's Bill Landis' new apartment. Thanks for uh, hosting us, Bill. I'm sorry, Ari, that we left your apartment. Sorry the chairs are so uncomfortable. Just so we all are clear, my apartment was 63 degrees, I had grape soda, and all of my chairs were plush leather. But it's okay, let's have it here. <laughs> we might be going back there. <laughs> the grape soda is pretty enticing. Uh, that's Ari Wasserman and Bill Landis. I'm Doug Maurice. We're your Ohio State coverage team for Cleveland.com, and Ohio State preseason camp has started. We have watched tiny, tiny little bits of two practices, which are the only two practices we will watch all preseason. Um, we talked to some people. We've talked to tight ends and linebackers. We've talked to JT Barrett and Urban Meyer. And so we're going to tell you who's going to start on opening day because we have enough information to do that. Um, we've written a lot, and Bill, you sort of wrapped this all up um, in a story last week. We, we've talked a lot about all the jobs that are up for grabs, um, and there are a lot of them. Um, so we're going to try to figure out who's going to win those jobs. And, and a couple of the guys we just talked to, and we'll start here, is guys in the linebacker room. We know Raekwon McMillan is going to start at middle linebacker. We know that Dante Booker is going to start at weak side linebacker. But we don't know who's going to start at strong side linebacker, the Sam linebacker spot, the walkout linebacker, they call it. Ari, do you think it's going to be Chris Worley or Jerome Baker or some combination of that? I think it'll be a combination of it. I don't know. You put me on the spot right away. Um, I think it's the safe pick is Chris Worley. He's been in the program a lot. A lot of people, including Darren Lee, before he left, talked very highly of him. Um, and he did seem to make a few plays when he got onto the field and some replacement time. I think Penn State was the game last year what he did. Um, but I just kind of have a feeling that Jerome Baker is going to at least split time with him at the beginning of the year and then maybe transition to the full-time linebacker. I think he's faster. Chris Worley joked about how much slower he was than Darren Lee, and I think that's a very important factor at that position. And experience doesn't replace speed. Jerome Baker played running back in high school. I think that physically speaking, he may not be quite as experienced as Chris Worley, but I think he's more of the ideal athletic candidate to play that position at Ohio State and might, by the end of the year, be the guy. Bill? 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 That's a lot. What do you think, Bill? Sorry, man. I mean, I think it's going to be Worley. Um, and I think all along, like, I expected it to be Jerome Baker. It's kind of, it's, it's weird to me. Like, I don't think Chris Worley is undeserving 
Um, I thought he played fine in the games he got in last year. I agree a lot with, with most of the things that Ari was saying. It's just like Jerome Baker is a freak athlete, and I know there's more to it than that. But it just seems like it's 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 a waste if that guy doesn't play. He's I mean I saw him play in high school and I know that's not a, a, you can't directly translate that and say he's going to be awesome. But that kid is an incredible athlete and I just can't see a scenario where he's not on the field. So I think Worley starts um, and he'll probably start every game. I don't know. And but Jerome Baker's going to play. He has to play. He can't just use a guy like that on special teams. But if we're naming starters, Chris Worley's going to be the starter. When we talk to uh, Luke Fickle this week. In talking about the linebacker group, he called Chris Worley a heart and soul guy. I mean, he said he was kind of the heart and soul of that room, which sort of caught my attention as like, well, if you're pretty sure Booker's going to start and you know McMillan's going to start, but Chris Worley is the guy that he says is sort of like that foundational guy in the linebacker room, that sounds to me like a guy that's going to start. So I've been going by this theory of I could maybe see them um, sort of having their nickel package on passing downs be Jerome Baker getting on the field, even though he's a linebacker, sort of being that hybrid linebacker safety. Maybe you take Chris Worley off and put Jerome Baker on. We saw the one-handed interception in the spring game. Those kind of coverage skills, maybe you can find a way to play both. And let me ask you guys, I had a discussion with Kerry Combs in the spring, and I'm still going to eventually write about this, that they always say they're going to rotate guys, and they never do. Like it's... There's an update. Tim Tebow's playing baseball. Yeah, did Indians sign him yet? No. By the way, like Johnny is gone and Tim Tebow is in. That's how Cleveland rolls. No, just Prince Fielder. He's retired. Hey, good for him. News. He's Cecil Fielder's son. The uh, so could they have some kind of rotation like that? You know, I I don't know um, if that's possible, but it just sounded like Chris Worley was a guy that the way Luke Fickle talked about him is like you, you that guy's going to be out there. I think the point of your story when you write that is going to be that they never rotate people. Right. They lie. I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, yeah they lie. Lie is the wrong word. They say they're going to do things and they don't do it. No, well, lie is the right word. So are they, it's like, oh, they're, they're, not, the, they're not deliberately being deceptive. No, I know. No, <laughs> but they don't, they can't help themselves from playing the best players all the time. So I think there may be times this year where the best player legitimately is a different guy from situation to situation yeah. as opposed to last year, who were the best players? Every down, no matter what, the best players were Josh Perry, Ray Paul McMillan, and Darren Lee. Yeah, so why a, would you do anything else? Yeah. There's a clear distinction between those two things, and I think that Worley and Baker are not the same thing as rotating defensive linemen and just because they're rotating. Right. I think that's true, and I think... You know, I think there may be opportunities um, for that, but I also, like, it's, again, that's, like, another thing to, like, sort of hold their feet to the fire of, like, you say you want to do this. If you're not doing it, what is it? Because I always think it's it's interesting. Is it that the guys who are starting are so good, why would you take them off the field? Or is it that the backups are not good enough, they don't deserve to be out there? You know, and if it, last year, I think it was the guys were so good, right? Is that right? I mean, when they yeah. had that many draft picks? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a, a clear discrepancy in talent. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a guy like one A and one B. It was one A and like C. So like, it's not. Yeah, I think this year there's more, especially with Worley and Baker. I think those guys are really close. But we have to come to an agreement. Who do we think's the guy? I think. I think we all agree that Worley's going to start. I guess the question is, he doesn't. 
You said Baker. I think Willie well, probably will start the season. I think by well, we're talking about starters on September third, right? right? Starters against Bowling Green, but maybe believing that there continues to be a battle there. That's what either I think. situationally or maybe even for the starting role. I don't think it's clear cut. Yeah, I buy yeah. that. But and the other thing Luke Fickle said is, and Luke Fickle loves to say this, they all do. We'll get the best guys on the field. So he said Jerome Baker. You know, is pushing Chris Worley and pushing Dante Booker too. Like mm-hmm. if they figure out the best three linebackers are Chris Worley, Jerome Baker, and Raquan McMillan, then they'll figure it out, and someone will slide over to Booker's spot. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you know, it's not. It's not like these guys can't move around a little bit. Defensive line. Do we think Tyquan Lewis and Sam Hubbard are both locked in as the starting defensive ends? Yeah, I think so. Is Jalen Holmes? Can Jalen Holmes push anybody? For like starter type minutes, or, or is he going to just be that third guy? I think he's a third guy. I, I don't. I'm, I honestly don't feel like I don't know much about him, and he's played like it's weird the amount of he's played. Like I've, he's never really popped, has he? He looks the part. He, yeah, he look. Yeah, he definitely looks but, the part. But I've never like he's not. Sam Hubbard has done some things. You're like, whoa, okay. And even right. Tyquan Lewis last year did some things. And Jalen Holmes is just like I think he's a nice player. He could be really good, but I honestly have no idea. Okay, so we're sick. we'll say Hubbard and Lewis at defensive end. Not a huge discussion. Yeah. No. Defensive tackle. It looks like, at the moment, it's Tracy Sprinkle and Michael Hill, yeah. two veteran guys as the starting defensive tackles. Do we think that's what's going to happen, or do we think some of these young guys are going to get past them? Uh, I think on September 3rd, those guys will be the starters. Uh, I would not be surprised if, maybe even as soon as the Oklahoma game, that maybe Draymond Jones is starting. Um, he seems to be ascending a little bit. I know they liked him in, in bowl practice. Um, I think he moved up the depth chart a slot from the spring. I think he might have been running with the threes a lot sometimes in the spring last year. And now he's the, he has been the number two behind um, Tracy Sprinkle in the two practices we've seen. So, and Tracy Sprinkle is a veteran guy, but again, another guy who hasn't done much in his career. So I don't think it's crazy to think that Draymond Jones who was an excellent talent coming out of high school and got injured, could surpass him early in the season. I think Erwin Meyer has talked about Draymond Jones more than Michael Hill, just in passing. So I agree with Bill, and I think that there is... You get a sense, being on the beat, of guys that might be standing out in practice and might be doing things to move up the depth chart. I would not be surprised to see him start by the middle of the you know preseason. Sorry, non-conference. The thing is, um, last year's team was filled with future NFL guys, right? Mm-hmm. Defensive tackle was the one spot where that wasn't really the case. Now, obviously, Adolphus Washington at one starting defensive tackle was that guy. The other spot was Tommy Shutt, who just was not that guy. He's not in the NFL. He's not an NFL player. And then when Adolphus Washington was suspended for the bowl game, it was Joel Hale, right, mm-hmm. who was another guy who was a fifth-year guy who played offense and defense. I think he might be in camp with somebody. Bucks, but, Buccaneers. Yeah, but, but, so my point is that those spots, playing time was there. And Urban Meyer said this a million times, and other people have written it a million times. It sounds like sort of like an astute thing to say, but actually it's just obvious. When you have a great player in front of you, that you know you're not going to pass. Maybe you don't work as hard. Mm-hmm. So the backups last year were like, what am I going to do? Take Joey Bosa's job? But now there's more competition, right? Defensive tackle last year was there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Tracy Sprinkle didn't take it. Michael Hill didn't take it. So I am putting very little stock in Michael Hill and Tracy Sprinkle being there right now. I think we have a long camp ahead, and I think... It may not be the Oklahoma game. I think it may be the opener. They are waiting 
for somebody. Draymond Jones, red shirt last year with an injury. Jayshon Cornell, red shirt last year. Nick Bosa in high school last year. All three of them here right now. Davon Hamilton is, is number two with Draymond Jones right now. He's backing up Michael Hill. Red shirt last year. Yeah. I mean, basically every freshman red shirt right. last year except for four guys. So um, I don't buy either of those. I don't buy either Sprinkle or Hill at the moment because unless they are drastically different players from what they were last year when they didn't earn playing time, really. They were part of the rotation here and there. Sprinkle got some time in the bowl game when, when Adolphus was gone. But I'm going to bet on Draymond Jones. Um, I've been on that bandwagon since yeah. Urban started talking about him uh, in bowl practice. Um, again, just the briefest, briefest little thing we saw today. They were doing a drill where uh, they had one guy holding up like a blocking pad in front of a big mat, and then the defensive lineman sort of had to explode out of their stance and knock the guy over. And literally, we're, we get to watch so little, I'm literally analyzing things based on one <laughs> moment in one drill. But Draymond Jones knocked the guy in his back, and Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach, said, that's what I'm talking about, Draymond. And I'm not... I'm going to guess that's not the only time that gets said yeah. during this preseason. So I think opening day, it will not be Hill and Sprinkle. It'll be at least somebody else we're talking about in there. And I'm including maybe even Nick Bosa having a shot. Not that he would play every snap, but maybe being the first guy on the field and then you know the first among a rotation of guys. Do you think Nick Bosa could do that, or do you think they're enough afraid of his injury coming off an ACL that even if he would, quote, maybe be one of the two best defensive tackles, they wouldn't put him in that spot? Uh, well, first of all, I don't know if he's going to play defensive tackle. I, I, I've always thought all along that he would be, but, and again, there's 28 practices that we're not going to see from now until September 3rd, but the two that we saw, he was playing defensive end. So I don't, I mean, I guess you'll get him on the field in any way you can if he's good enough, but... Maybe they don't want to put him at defensive tackle. I don't know. Defensive tackles seem like it would be the harder position to have to play coming off the knee injury at the end. I don't know if I that's overanalyzing it or not. I'm not a doctor. But I um, I agree with the idea that Hill and Sprinkle aren't going to get it done on the inside, but I don't necessarily think that Bosa is going to be ready to take uh, Taekwon Lewis. I mean, Lewis, for whatever reason you want to say, because he was on the other end of Joey Bosa last year, led the team in sacks last year. So I don't know if a freshman's going to come in and take his spot, but... Um, you know, and if he's one of the top five defensive linemen on this team, then Bosa, Nick Bosa would slide inside. That makes sense. I agree with both of you in the sense that I don't think that Sprinkle and Hill are the guys long-term starting answers for this team, and that's what we're trying to decide. So, Well, the thing where you, they, they did that Rushman package thing last year. I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, where they put the four best pass rushers, and if, you, if Nick Bosa could very well be one of the four best pass rushers on the defensive line. So he could play. I mean, he'll line up inside, but you're basically just a third or fourth defensive end. And, and rushing then, from the interior. And in that package last year, they would put Joey Bosa on the inside. Yeah, and the guards couldn't block it. So yeah. may, maybe there's even a situation where, I mean, if a lot of times it's easier to slide the experienced guy to the new spot. And if they really, if they do want Bosa to be an end, maybe in that Rushman package you put Sam Hubbard on the inside and you put Joey Bosa at an end spot. Yeah. You know, and that Hubbard is like Joey Bosa was last year and Nick Bosa is like Hubbard was last year. Right. And like Joey was as a freshman. And I don't know if Sam Hubbard has a brother, but I'm assuming if he does, he'll be here. And then we'll just go, Bosa Hubbard, Bosa Hubbard. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot. I mean, that's, there's, there's a lot to be determined um, at that spot. I think, like, I just sort of talked about Nick Bosa as a defensive tackle. I mean, I think he is a, more of a natural end, but he's bigger than Joey. Yeah. And 
one of my obsessions is talking to Larry Johnson about turning athletic big defensive ends in high school into athletic defensive tackles in college. Yeah. In fact, we did a whole series about it. Um, so that's what I was sort of going on. But it, but that's not. I mean, he's he's pass rusher, right? I mean, that's what. As far as I know, yeah. But he, I mean, he looks pretty stout. I mean, he's not like Jalen Holmes is a pass rusher, but he like looks like a basketball player, right? And Nick Bosa kind of looks like a defensive tackle, he like Dallas Washington, like the same right. way, like they're they're girthy. Yeah, like a little bit. Yeah. No, he has like an NFL kind of body, yeah. like already as a guy who's just out of high school. Like everybody, well, but let's, let me do a little tangent about this: the transformation photos that everybody does. Like they take the picture from when they're a freshman, and then they work out, and then yeah. a year later they they do a photo. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, if anybody worked out for a year the way they make you work out in college, your body changes. I'm always like, everybody's like, oh my god, look at this change. He worked out. I mean, I don't know, he's 18 now. He's 19. He worked out every day for 365 days. He has more muscle. Supposed to be that impressed by that? He also stopped eating potato chips for breakfast and eats chicken and broccoli for every meal. So like, that's, see, yeah. I work out every day, but I haven't stopped eating potato chips for breakfast. That's the problem. But you're impressed, like people. Don't people write about it on the internet, right? People, oh, look at this. Yeah. Look at this transformation. The Mike Weber photo was bouncing around all over the place. Like, yeah, the guy didn't play. He had a year and a half to just lift weights and eat broccoli. Like, no kidding. Yeah. All right. To prove this point, for the next year, Bill and I will do nothing but lift weights and eat broccoli. This is like the people who eat Pringles and watch the Olympics. Yeah. (laughs) And somebody slips on the beam, and then you're eating Pringles, and then you say, what a loser. (laughs) Yeah. Real impressed, Mike Weber. You're so cut. Yeah. Let me go. We ate at lunch at Pizza Hut Buffet today. Yeah. (laughs) It's nothing personal. It's just the yeah. So you're writing in though. I, I'm I'm going to leave a question mark. We'll get to the end. I'm writing this down so we'll have our starting twenty two by the end of the podcast. Okay. Corner. Gary Ann is one corner. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Marshawn Lattimore or Denzel Ward at the other? And, and Urban Urban Meyer has said good things about Damon Arnett. Um, so I'm leaving that slim possibility open. But Ari, who's your guy at corner? I know who your guy is. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is my guy. And I just, I mean, he was a highly rated prospect. That's so hard, Doug and Bill. Because they say so many awesome things about Marshawn Lattimore, who's a top-rated prospect from Glenville. When he's healthy, they see flashes of brilliance, which is a great thing to say about somebody who has never been healthy once this entire college career. And then you have a guy like Denzel Ward, who was in the two-deep, when he enrolled early as a freshman. Am I, am I remembering that correctly? Or at the very least, when he was a freshman, he... He's one of the four true freshmen who played last year, played, and he made plays praised special on special teams a lot. So one guy's done it, and one guy's been talked about a lot. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore's a little bit older. Um, if he can be healthy, I think he has an inside shot at winning the job. And right now I'm leaning towards Marshawn Lattimore, but I could be swayed very easily if you guys feel strongly the other way. Yeah, I... I just don't trust Marshawn Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore's body to hold up because it had, he hasn't done it. He did he yoga all summer, just so you know. Yeah. I, How just, did you know that, by the way? I know you asked Urban about yoga. Yeah, I mean, I asked. Do you have a yoga source? Actually, I do have a yoga source. <laughs> I was giving a speech about how to. Uh, I was giving a speech some some business seminar over the summer, and like a yoga teacher came up who. Like, teaches yoga at the Woody, and she's like, oh my god, the kids are so nice, and like, it's Marshawn Lattimore in your class? And she goes, yes, and I said, I knew it, hamstrings. <laughs> um, wait, you were giving a speech at a business seminar and met a yoga teacher? Yeah. 
All right, that feels like another podcast. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go down that road another time. You're going to give your full speech. But like he, he mentioned it in the spring, too. Um, I mean, he was going to like do yoga to be more flexible because he gets tight and he pulls his hamstrings. So I think that's a, a good response. But like, I didn't mean to hijack your entire No, it's okay. Never help. There's certain people in sports, no matter what they do, and I even thought like Kyrie Irving was this person until this year, where you always feel like no matter what they do, they're going to injure something. They've got glass jaws. And right now... Marshawn Lattimore hasn't made it through three weeks of full contact practice in any realm of his career dating back to high school. So I get the idea that you don't believe he can do it until right. you see it. And yeah, and I think, like, the thing that I like about Lattimore is he's bigger, and I, like, I know they like, like those longer cornerbacks. And, like, Denzel Ward is listed as 5'10". I don't think Denzel Ward's 5'10". Yeah, he's, he's small. He seems kind of small. And Lattimore is listed as 6'1". He might be, like, 6'1". He's a big guy. Um but I just think I think Denzel Ward's going to be the starter because I don't I just can't envision Marshawn Lattimore in a position battle. His body's never held up. This is probably the most rigorous camp he's going to be in because he's fighting for a spot, and I just don't trust his, his hamstrings to hold up. He uh, like pulls his socks up high, and I think was wearing white shoes. Yeah, Jordan Force. And he just like looked like a like a fast football guy. You know, he looked like Billy White Shoes Johnson out there or something. I don't know. He just had like a thing about him. Backwards so, hat too. Don't forget. Yeah, I mean, he's got. I think. Uh, I think it will be Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I think you're right, Bill, with the size. I think that gives him an edge. And and when I talked in the spring, I uh, asked Kerry Combs like, "What does Denzel Ward have to do to start?" Is being fast enough? He's the fastest guy on the team. That that's I don't think is in dispute. Um, Who Ward? Right, Denzel Ward. Okay. Is. Yeah. What else does he have to do? And it was sort of one of those answers, like, well, you know, like, fast is not enough. You know, fast is is only going to get you so far. So um, I think Denzel maybe doesn't have all the other things that Marshawn does when he's healthy in terms of size and a little more experience and, you know, physicality of getting up on guys and stuff. Yeah, so, and I think just because he hasn't played, but I think if Marshawn Lattimore is healthy and he's starting, I think people are going to be reminded the kind of athlete that he is. And Denzel Ward is crazy fast, but like Marshawn Lattimore played receiver and like running back and like wildcat quarterback and defensive back when he was at Glenville. And safety too, and right? Safety. Yeah. And like it's the Senate League, so it's a different level. Like nobody could touch that dude. He is an incredible athlete when he's healthy. So I think, and people might forget that a little bit because he hasn't played. But if he's healthy, that too, I think he's more of a kind of complete package maybe than Denzel Ward is right now. All right, safety, and I'm still a little confused how this happened, but it's like Malik Hooker is starting. Of course Malik Hooker is starting. Malik Hooker, who like legitimately has never played, <laughs> like never done anything, is absolutely one of the starting safeties. They lost both of them in Von Bell and Tyvis Powell, and then the other spot could be anyone. So who's it going to be, Bill? The other safety spot, um, Damon Webb, I think... I. Th- I like Eric Smith and another guy, another guy from Glenville who's battle injuries and is super talented. Um, but they like guys who can cover in that spot. And Damon Webb's a cornerback who they're trying to move to safety. I think ultimately that's going to help him win the job. I think he's probably more of a natural cover guy than the other guys battling for that spot, which are it's Eric Smith and I guess Cam Burrows. Cam Burrows, Eric Glover Williams, who's also a corner convert but isn't quite as big. Yeah, I, I think I think Dame Webb just has the. the the cover ability that they're looking for, then he'll end up being the starter. Eric Smith is not as fast as Damon Webb. Yeah, Eric Smith is a lot bigger than Damon Webb, and Eric Smith's forte, at least before he was injured, was that he likes to hit people. So that's the kind of safety he is. And I agree with Bill that it'll be Damon Webb because they like a guy who can you know make plays, make hits, but also is fast enough to be um, in good position to cover 
good receivers on the other team. I think it's possible that it, in in some ways it may be that like Malik Hooker like already beat out Eric Smith. Yeah. As that bigger safety, as the Tyvis Powell safety, and yeah. they don't really play free and strong because they sort of like stay on their side of the field and they both have to be able to do stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was Vaughn Bell who would end up matched in coverage more last year, and Tyvis was the bigger guy, right? Yeah. Um, so I think I agree with that. When we saw again briefly practice today, quick drills out first with the safeties, it was Hooker and Webb, and then the second team behind them was Eric Smith behind Hooker. Cam Burrows behind Webb. So, um, I like Eric Smith a lot, too. He's coming off the ACL. Like, he really couldn't do... He didn't do anything in the spring. It's almost like Malik Hooker won that job while Eric Smith wasn't able to compete for it, which is kind of a tough thing for Eric Smith. Um, But I do think that if they're looking for... That's a little bit different. You know, we were saying they'll play the best three at linebacker no matter what. I think at safety, ideally, you want those two guys to be a little different. Right. I think the Hooker-Webb package is more what you're looking for than Hooker and Smith. Yeah, and also, I mean, one of those guys will be probably labeled as a nickelback, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, we were talking about it the other day when you were, had, your, had your Jerome Baker theory. I don't remember them playing nickel last year. Like, did they ever have five defensive backs on the field? No, I mean, it's, I mean, and almost when they go... I mean, they, they did that package where they changed the guys in the defensive line around, and sometimes they go three defensive linemen and and put an extra guy, but not much. I mean, right. it's like there was a time when the nickel, if you're, before they really turned that one linebacker spot to a hybrid safety, that Darren Lee, again, said they did play nickel last year, Darren Lee was your nickel. They would take out linebacker Darren Lee and put in safety Darren yeah. Lee. Um, but the personnel had changed, so we didn't notice anything, you know? So yeah. I think it's... You know, it's kind of along those lines. Maybe it's more of a Baker kind of thing. I don't know that they're going to take Worley out and move Webb to nickel and put Burroughs at safety. Right. You know, I don't know that's the way they go when you could just put in a linebacker. You yeah. Know? So, um, okay, so we think Hooker and Webb at safety. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's, we're going to do a brief... We've got to move it here a little bit. We're going to do a brief thing here I want to ask about because Ari, Ari has a theory about this, and I agree with. JT Barris, the starting quarterback, one of the most interesting, important other spots is the number two quarterback. Who's it going to be? Hmm. Who will be the number two quarterback? Oh, I heard you. For the open. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Burrow, redshirt freshman who looked decent in the spring. Dwayne Haskins, true freshman who just got here. I think right now Joe Burrow is going to go into the season as a second quarterback, um, where he has a very important role of being the guy that the team lands on if something were to happen to J.T. Barrett. I don't think a year from now he will be number two. I think Dwayne Haskins will be number two next fall. But just based on the intricacies of playing the quarterback position, the fact that he did look pretty good at times in the spring game, that extra year of experience gives him a leg up heading into the season just because of familiar familiarity. Um, that would be my gut guess on the backup. I think if they actually had to play a, a, another quarterback, I think they would play Dwayne Haskins. I think Urban Meyer likes the way Dwayne Haskins throws the ball more than he likes the way okay. like, I think there's, they have concerns about Joe Burrow throwing the ball, and Joe Burrow has concerns about the way he throws the ball. And I know like I wrote a story about how arm strength doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter until it matters. And if they have to put in a number two quarterback, I think Dwayne Haskins is more physically gifted than Joe Burrow, and it's not like Joe Burrow's been here for two years and has had his head in the playbook and knows the offense like the back of his hand like J.T. Barrett does. 
Um, I think either way it becomes a simplified offense, and then I think you have to ask yourself, who's the more talented guy who gives you a better chance of being more dynamic on offense? And that's probably Dwayne Haskins. Wow. It's really, I mean, I think it's, the one thing that I think is important to stress, and um, I just wrote on your wall. Sorry. I wrote on your wall by accident, sorry. I never wrote on the stuff at Ari's house. Some people it felt like, um, well, we have like sort of breaking news a little bit. Oh, You'll know about it before this uh, <laughs> podcast post. We won't talk about it. Um, More Prince Fielder news to come. Prince Fielder's actually not retiring, guys. The thing I think we need to make note of is I felt like some people said, oh, Joe Burrow won the won that spot in the spring, right? Like Sort of like by beating out Stephen Collier, who now has an injury and is, is out anyway. And it was like, well, Joe Burrow beat out Stephen Collier. He didn't win anything. Right. Dwayne Haskins has to get here yet. So, like, I think I'm, I'm with the idea. I mean, like, the idea of, like, I mean, this is de- do we agree? It's definitely a competition now, right? Dwayne I Haskins so. is in the competition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the whole yeah. thing. So, I mean, I think that's important. You know, will Dwayne Haskins get up to speed enough as a true freshman um, to be able to do the stuff? And, and I always make a difference. It's sort of a distinction to me between who's the guy that comes in in the middle of a game if the quarterback gets hurt, mm-hmm. and then who starts the next week. If it's a full week of game planning and you know that the starter can't go. Yeah. And I think sometimes that can be two different guys. And like when the point of the season it is too. Yeah. So it's week six, that might be different. And the guy who like if they're if they're beating bowling green by thirty in the fourth quarter, like Joe Burrow is gonna play quarterback. Right. But yeah. Yeah. And if and if I mean you never want to talk about injuries, but if JT Barrett twists his ankle and is out for three series in the second quarter I think Joe Burrow is going to be the guy yeah. who goes in. That's all I meant. I mean, like, I think that's yeah. why I meant, like, when I said it, I think right now Joe Burrow might be the instant answer. Dwayne Haskins is definitely the long-term answer. But if JT Barrett, after week five, um, quits football to be a, you know, a NASA astronaut, who's going to start in week six? Yeah, yeah it might be different because then you're also building the foundation of your future. Yeah. Right? So, like, I think that and there's also a different distinction of who's going to help you win this game because you need to get through a game and are you building something? Right. Now, the hard thing is I would love to see of all the guys that we, if I could watch a full practice right now, I want to watch Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have, yeah. I mean, it's like someone was asking on the radio the other day how they look. They're literally 400 yards away. I mean, I don't know. They stretch good. His arms functions. Really good. So I want to see Dwayne Haskins as a college football player. The one thing, we got to see a lot of Joe Burrow, you know, yeah. but we haven't seen any of Dwayne Haskins. We saw Haskins in high school. Potomac. Potomac, Maryland. Helicopters. Yeah. James Franklin rode a helicopter to uh, Dwayne Haskins' game while we were there in Maryland one year. Um, okay, so JT Bears is the starter. Mm-hmm. Mike Weber is at running back. Yeah. yeah. Receiver. You know, we've written and talked about Noah Brown. He's going to start at one spot. Who's going to be the second Starter at receiver, and who's going to be the slot receiver? I'm going to blow some minds right now. Are you ready for this? Paris Campbell, write him down. It's a blow mind. Outside? Outside. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say the most cliche thing ever, Paris Campbell. <laughs> Urban um, said something about Paris Campbell the other day, didn't he? Did Paris, yeah. Urban says Paris Campbell's name a lot. Paris Campbell started last year. I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was because of suspensions. But he I wrote like this that. in the story, but he like got open twice, and the ball hit him in the face mask. They got him some of that, like... Uh, Little giant star that yeah. he put on his hands. He yeah. would have scored a touchdown in the first game of last year's season. Hot hits. I think that he has. He's fast. He's bigger than people give him credit for, and he has shown the ability to be open. 
and I think maybe the moment was too big for him last year when they put him in there, but I think that the idea that he was in that moment to begin with means there's something special about him. Add another year of seasoning into it, and I think that out of all the players that are battling for this job, and there's a lot of sexy names from the recruiting database that are battling, that Paris Campbell is the most experienced, most polished answer, and maybe somebody who has some big playability, I think he's going to be starting outside of Noah Brown. And one thing that we like it's like we talk about a lot when we talk about it, and then when you don't talk about it, you ignore it, is these guys have to block. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, two years ago, all we did was talk about Evan Spencer's blocking, right? Um, I, Paris Campbell, the reason when Jalen Marshall was suspended last year, the reason Paris Campbell started, I think, is because Paris Campbell could block. Yeah. He couldn't catch, <laughs> but he could do the other things that you need to do. And so... Can Terry McLaurin block? I don't know. Can Torrance Gibson block? I don't know. Probably not. He's still making a position switch. Can Is Corey Smith a great blocker? I don't know. But I don't have an answer to this, but you agree on Paris Campbell? Yeah, I like Paris Campbell. Say? I think uh, I like him because like you have Noah Brown, and we haven't seen him play, but I'm assuming he's going to be more like a, of a possession type of guy. Like big body. JT Barrett said you put it near him, he's going to catch it, even if he's got a quarterback draped all over him. And I like Paris Campbell opposite him because not only is he big, but he's got like a little bit of shimmy to him. He's a former running back. He can make guys miss. He can be, I think, more of a, a big play guy, like Ari said, than, than I think a lot of the other guys who are in that mix of receiver are kind of like straight line speed guys. And I think Paris Campbell can do a little more with the ball in his hand than, than some of the other guys in the mix there. All right, so I don't... Um I don't know what my answer would be, so I'm going to agree with your answers. I don't have a strong feeling either way. I, I don't really think it's going to be Corey Smith. That would be my only thing is that, I mean, I yeah. think Corey Smith will play. I mean, again, talking about rotation, Zach Smith at the receiver spot, that's one of the spots where they do rotate. They literally almost have a first squad and a second squad. Yeah. These three guys, the next three guys. So I think if Paris Campbell doesn't start, you'll see him. If Corey Smith doesn't start, you'll see him. Um, if Terry McLaurin probably is going to be in there somewhere, Seem to play pretty well in the spring. You'll see him. Well, another uh, James Clark was he didn't end up starting, but he was running with the ones like last year, right? Last fall he was with the ones. So uh, if he's if he's a starter opposite Noah Brown too, I wouldn't be very surprised by that. Just write down Paris and move on. Yeah, slot Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. It's not even a discussion. How does Dontre Wilson fit into this? I think he's like a. I think he does a little bit of everything. As much as they say that when Curtis Samuel will do a little bit of everything, I think that Dontre Wilson is probably more that guy. Um, he can line up in a slot. He can play H-back. They say he's going to play running back because he's up to almost 200 pounds. So I think he's like a backup tailback, backup slot, backup outside receiver. Um, and Curtis Samuel gets the majority of the time in the slot. All right, do you think Dontre Wilson's going to contribute? Will, I think his time has passed. I think he's an interesting name and somebody that we built up three years ago. Um, I know that he's battled injuries his entire career, but I think that they're – going to move on past him. He'll be on the team. I'm not saying he's not going to touch the ball, but I don't see him having a major role this year. Just gut feeling on that one. Demario McCall, role in the offense this year as an H-back something? He's been with the running backs from everything I saw. Um, he was like the third running back in line in practice uh, on Tuesday behind Mike Weber and Antonio Williams. Um, but I don't. I always envisioned him as more of a slot H-back guy than a true tailback. Um, but I don't know. I mean, there's so many... We could list 19 names at these positions, and, and Demario Call is a freshman, so I, I don't I don't know he'll be if he'll be a part. So uh, Urban Meyer had said he he wants 10 to 15 touches a game for Curtis Samuel. JT Barrett said 12. I devised a formula to get him 14 a game. Do you think Do you think Curtis Samuel will get 14 touches a game? No, no. How many will he get? 
Ten-ish, maybe? Eight to ten. Yeah, I think 14 is a lot. Because no one, the only person who's touched the ball 14 times a game is a tailback. Couldn't get Braxton Miller to touch the ball 14 times a game, and I kind of feel like it's a similar situation of, like, very talented guy that we like a lot. Um, and I know last year they were a lot more talented in terms of depth and proven playmakers, but I don't like the idea of having to come up with ways to get somebody the ball that's not in a natural position, and I don't know that H-back is his natural position. And, you know, as much as we've liked to... Uh, Talk about the H-back position that Urban Meyer has made so popular. I mean, there really hasn't been somebody, in my opinion, that has epitomized the position. I mean, it's either oh, yeah. a running back or a top receiver in this offense in his four or five years that he's been here. And I don't know, maybe Curtis Samuel is the cliche Percy Harvin type guy that can maybe make that an emphasis. But until that, that position's an emphasis, as long as that position's out there, I can't imagine him touching the ball 14 times a game. They, uh, they really got away with it away from it the past couple of years because they relied on Ezekiel Elliott so much. And there is a point. They talked so much about getting Braxton Miller the ball, and they never found a way to do it. So I think it's an interesting point, Ari, of like, they couldn't do it with Braxton Miller. How are they going to do it with anybody? Um, the, the thing that I think is possible is I do think, though they may use the H-back more just because they're not going to give the number one tailback 25 carries a game. And to me, part of my formula for Curtis Samuel is he lines up as the tailback. Yeah. There's yeah. Maybe you give him a series. Maybe he takes the third series. You know, the first two series. Maybe the first series he lines up at H. He's your H. The second series, Dontre Wilson's the H and Curtis Samuel is out. And the third series, when Curtis Samuel comes in, he's the tailback and Mike Weber's getting a breather. Or... They did this a little bit in 14 before Ezekiel Elliott established himself. All of a sudden, it's second and eight, and Curtis Samuel's the tailback. Yeah. And you hand it to Curtis Samuel, and he runs 14 yards. Again, I don't think, you know, I was really sort of in love with Curtis Samuel as the number one tailback in the spring, but just thinking about his size and his durability and the issues he's had, I don't think he's your number one tailback, but I, I want him to be a tailback yeah. for some plays. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, I think that, but that's the only way you get him 14. You're not going to get him 14 only out of H-back right. like jet sweeps and bubble screens. It just feels like bubble screens and jet sweeps are forced ways of getting somebody the ball. Yeah. And in this offense, the people who are going to make the biggest impact and the people who are going to touch the ball the most are the ones who are in those natural positions where the ball comes to them naturally. And the idea of talking about, well, we've got to come up with ways to get him the ball is just not a good sign to me. It's either naturally, of course he's going to touch the ball. What are you talking about? Not, we have to come up with ways on the board where we can get creative enough to figure out a way that he can get his quota. There's no quota. It's just whether or not you're in a position to touch the ball. Brown, Campbell, Samuel. We're good. Left tackle is Jamarco Jones. Mm -hmm. The center is Pat Elfline. The right right guard is Billy Price. Bill Landis, who's the left guard? Michael Jordan, man. I thought I, I fully expected to see like Malcolm Pridgen and Michael Jordan lining up at one two at guard. And it's only been two practices, but Malcolm Pridgen has been lined up at left tackle behind Jamarco Jones. And honestly I feel like that right now Malcolm Pridgen is like at behind Brandon Bowen at tackle. So I don't know how good Malcolm Pridgen is. I don't know why you would bring in a Juco guy if he's gonna be a fourth offensive tackle. But it's it feels like to me that he has a lot of ground to make up if he's gonna push either Isaiah Prince or Michael Jordan for a starting spot. Are you as locked in on Prince at right tackle, Isaiah Prince, the redshirt freshman at right tackle, as you are on Michael Jordan at left guard as a true freshman? No, um, slightly less locked in on Prince, but I, I, again, I like. I, I think that Prince has nearly got it, and Urban Meyer said that he's not. He's not written in pen as a starting right tackle, but it seemed like he was close to it. 
So I think that the starting offensive line is, is the one we saw in the spring with Prince and Jones at the tackles and Jordan and uh, Price at guard. Are we going to dispute our offensive line expert, Ari? No. I've, I've learned a lot of things in life. Uh, <laughs> don't cross uh, Bill Landis's offensive line opinion. I think that it all made sense. Who's the tight end, Ari? Marcus Baugh. How was Marcus Baugh to talk to? He was good. What do you have to say? Uh, he uh, said that he doesn't know exactly what he's good at yet. He'll find that out when he hits the field, and I thought that that was encouraging. <laughs> um, Marcus Baugh is the only option at tight end right now, but I do think it's f- interesting because Jake Hausman, who came in as a fringe five-star prospect from Cincinnati, looks like he's been in the program weightlifting. Uh, yeah, he doesn't do a body transformation. Uh, yeah, there's going to be no picks of transformations unless... He wants to look like David Boston next year because he is jacked. And he is the perfect tight end uh, in this offense. So, you know, Baugh's kind of a uh, interesting guy. He caught some passes last year in the Fiesta Bowl. And, you know, uh, he they say he's going to be more of a pass target, but we play this game every year. I, I just think that he's the next in line right now. It's a fake game. They don't throw the tight end. The, the thing that, and this we've had a discussion before, People like to talk about throwing to the tight end. I think it might have been Jim Tressel who said this. What people talk about, what you really mean is throwing in the middle of the field. You have to throw in the middle of the field, and I think they do get away with that sometimes. But if your choice of who you're going to throw to in the middle of the field is Curtis Samuel out of the slot or a tight end who's going to like run eight yards and turn around, I'm just tired of Let's get the ball to Curtis Samuel on a move. Rob yeah. Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez comparisons of like how good certain Travis Kelsey. Right. These guys are like one in a million athletes. Right. And it's not like Travis Kelsey just grows on a tree. I mean, that guy is fast. He's big. He's got amazing hands. He can block well. And I'm just not ready to say that Marcus Baugh is a Travis Kelsey weapon right now. He might be able to catch passes. They brought him from Riverside, California because he was a receiver first option in high school. But I don't think he's more of a receiver than Curtis Samuel. They've had two third-round tight ends the past two years who did not get the ball here. Yeah. No offense to Marcus Ball, he's not better than Jeff Hyerman and Nick Vanette. So they're just—they're not going to throw to the tight end. They're going to throw to Noah Brown. They're going to get the H backs. I think more involved. They're going to get Samuel the ball some way. They're, I think they're going to get Dontre Wilson some touches. Um, they're going to run the zone read with JT and Mike Weber. But this is not going to be. But I think Jake Houseman looks like Jeff Hyerman. Like I, I yeah. want him to be on the field yesterday. I mean, I he, we saw him the first time we saw the freshman practice. They practiced separately, and now they're we saw him together. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys who doesn't look like he's a freshman. Right. And AJ Alexander is the number two tight end right now. He will not be the number two tight end until September third. Like Jake Houseman's going to be. Jake Houseman might be the number one tight end. I have no idea because like the blocking stuff is first and foremost with that that position that Jake Houseman. Was like a house with legs. So if he's a better blocker than Marcus Ball, yeah, I mean it's one of those things. Um, you, it's easy, you know. One of the reasons they were good in 2014 is because Jeff Hyerman at tight end and Evan Spencer at receiver were awesome blockers. So it's like Paris. If Paris Campbell's Evan Spencer and Jake Houseman is Jeff Hyerman yeah. as blockers, or Marcus Ball is Jeff Hyerman as a blocker, like that makes this offense go. Yeah, that's how Ezekiel Elliott runs 85 yards against Alabama. You know, it's nice that Ezekiel Elliott is good, but if you're not getting blocks at the second level to take out linebackers and, and safeties, you don't pop those. And they pop those because those guys did their job so well. So we're trying to evaluate. We don't get to see anything. We're trying to evaluate stuff. But, again, what, what it's going to come down to is it's not – we watch them run passing drills. It's like, oh, they caught the ball in passing drill. It, did you line up in the right spot? Did you right. know the play? Did you attack your block the right way? And then that's how you get on the field. Yeah. All right, here we go. 
This is our official prediction, the Cleveland.com prediction. 22 starters for the opener against Bowling Green on September 3rd. September 3rd, right? Mm-hmm. Offense, JT Barrett, quarterback. Mike Weber, at tailback. The receivers, Noah Brown and Paris Campbell with Curtis Samuel in the slot. Marcus Baugh at tight end. Left tackle, Jamarco Jones. Left guard, Michael Jordan. Center, Pat Alfline. Right guard, Billy Price. Right tackle, Isaiah Prince. I think it's confusing to have a Price and a Prince right next to yeah. each other, but we can talk to them about that. <laughs> Defensive ends, Sam Hubbard and Tyquan Lewis. Defensive tackles, our official prediction is... I would like to go Sprinkle and Draymond, but I could be outvoted on that. I was going to say Hill and Draymond. I wouldn't say Sprinkle and Draymond, so you get outvoted on that. Here's the thing I don't understand, and I'm going to sound like an idiot. Like I don't understand like free technique, nose tackle, and like body type, and who should play what. But if there is such thing as like a, a prototype for three technique, it's like a former defensive end who's now an athletic defensive tackle, and that's Draymond Jones, and I guess also Tracy Sprinkle, and then you want a beefier guy playing nose tackle, and Hill was beefy, so I would go beefy Hill, athletic dream up. And I think that's important, and that's beefy, and that's an astute observation, and in 2014, Michael Bennett played one, and Adolphus Washington played the other, and then in the middle of the year, they switched. switched. Yeah. So, like, they'll get, it's the best 11, they love to say the best 11, they'll get the best 11 out there. Um... So Tracy Sprinkle is kind of beefy. <laughs> like, what's not? He's not not beefy. Yeah. I don't know, man. That guy, he walked in the, the can't move in it. He was, like, kind of yoked. He was more yoked than I thought he was. He's, like, not a fat defensive lineman. I didn't say he was fat. I said he was beefy. I don't want to describe him as beefy. I'm beefy. We're outvoting you. <laughs> We're going to go Draymond Jones and Tracy Sprinkle. Versus Bowling Green, the starting defensive line. And we will double-check all this and show how we're wrong on September 3rd. Hubbard, Draymond Jones, Tracy Sprinkle, Tyquan Lewis, your defensive line. Your linebackers, Dante Booker, Raekwon McMillan, and Chris Worley. Mm-hmm. Your cornerbacks, Garyon Conley and Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, that's fine. And your safeties, Malik Cooker and Damon Webb. Mm-hmm. And those are your starting 22 for the Ohio State Buckeyes. You can follow all our coverage at cleveland.com. Slash OSU. I'm Doug Maurice. We're here with Ari Wasserman and Bill Landis. Bill, thanks for your apartment. Wasn't there breaking news? No, I can't talk about it. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say one thing. We watched the field goal kickers kick today, and I'm fairly certain that I could have kicked better than what I witnessed today. I think they were two out of ten from like 30 yards out, and I really? think that like by the end, I don't know if you guys witnessed this, but I was watching the kicking team, and I'm not sure that Nuremberger is the lock to be the kicker. I mean, he wasn't last Based year. Based on what we know about him last year, what I saw today, maybe we'll have a discussion about this in a few weeks, but when we talk about depth chart, I would put him as heavy favorite and no longer a lock after everything I saw and what you know happened last year. Sorry for interrupting your closing. No, no that's good. good. Kicker podcast ahead. Stay tuned yeah. for that in the next couple weeks. For now, that's Buckeye Talks. Thanks for listening. Check it. This ain't a fitness song, this a gear with it song. You can turn your glitter on, it still ain't gonna put you on. The man my respect.